Hello and welcome. You are listening to Gay with God, a safe place for us to share our stories and support one another. How long did we know? What challenges did we face? Did we lose our faith? When did we find our way back home? Are we still searching? The stories you hear in this podcast will melt your heart and can strengthen your belief that in God, all things are possible. And you can be authentically gay with God. I am your host, Midge Noble, and I am very honored that you are here. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Gay With God. I'm so excited that you're here, and I appreciate all you who are following us and making that evident on the show page. I really love seeing new names coming up, and I really appreciate each and every one of you. And I appreciate those of you who are downloading and subscribing to the Gay With God podcast, because as you know, that gives us validity and visibility, and getting our message out is really important because we're not there yet, people. (laughs) We're not there yet. So today's guest, I'm so excited to have have Carrie Fletcher with me today. Uh, She's an amazing lady, and I uh, virtually met her during the Pray Away documentary that Netflix had on, and if you have not seen that yet, uh, there was a panel discussion, and she was involved in the panel discussions, and she's been involved in many things um, as, as she was living her life. So Carrie came out as gay Christian in 2016 after spending 14 years trying to change her sexuality through her involvement in ex-gay ministry, also known as conversion therapy. Since coming out, she has denounced ex-gay ministry and her passion is to advocate for full inclusion of the LGBTQ community in the church and in society. In 2017, she became actively involved in Q Christian Fellowship and the Reformation Project, two nonprofit organizations at the forefront of the advocacy work for acceptance of gay Christians. She participated in the Reformation Project Leadership Cohort in 2017, which focuses on leadership training and skill development for advancing the conversion of LGBT, I'm sorry, the conversation of LGBTQ inclusion in the church. Prior to joining Free Mom Hugs, she led several LGBTQ initiatives in the Dallas area, including the Dallas-Fort Worth chapter of the Reformation Project, Bible studies, social events, and served as a moderator for a pastor's panel discussion on becoming affirming. She has shared her story with various groups, including social media channels for the documentary Pray Away by Multitude Films. Carrie has a master's degree from Dallas Theological Seminary, has been involved in voluntary ministry work for 15 years. Prior to joining Freedom Mom Hugs as executive director, Carrie worked in higher education at Texas Women's University for over 20 years. Carrie enjoys being back in her home state of Oklahoma and spending time with her now wife. This is a new thing. That's why I'm getting very excited. Her wife, Mandy, their chocolate lab, Jax, and adopted cat, Sydney. So welcome, Carrie, to Gay With God. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to just have a conversation with you about this. I know, I know. I'm excited too. I just couldn't wait to meet you. And and you've got my heart already because I had a lab. Uh, Mm -hmm. Her name was Danny, D-A-N-I, and she was like a a reddish color. So I love that. I love that. Um, All right, girl, I'm so excited. And we started to talk before this and we had to shut ourselves up (laughs) so that we (laughs) didn't exclude anybody on on the podcast. So please tell us your story. All right. Um, so yeah, I uh, grew up in Oklahoma. Um, 
I, uh, I wasn't raised in the church, but I, um, you know, I attended with friends and I uh, was invited to church at an early age mm-hmm. and I accepted Christ as my savior when I was 12 years old, mm-hmm. uh, went to a Baptist church and you know, that's what, that's what you do. You, mm-hmm. you go, they do an altar call at the end of the service, you go up to the front, uh, I don't know many churches that still ask you to come up front now, but that's what we did in the eighties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah, there was do. an altar call. Yeah. Um, you go up to the front, they lay their hands on you and you accept Christ as your savior. Um, I remember that being a very, very impactful uh, moment in my life. I've never forgotten it. I can still see it in my mind's eye. Mm-hmm. Um, when that happened, um, it just made an impact on my life. Mm-hmm. And that's, when I started reading the Bible, when I started getting to know who God was and Jesus and uh, all the stories in the Bible. Um, but I also knew at an early age that there was something different about me. Mm. Um, I didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, people were treating me differently. Um, you know, I was often called a tomboy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when that word was said to me, it was not a good thing. I, I knew when they were saying that to me that I was different yeah, and that it wasn't a good kind of different. Uh-huh. Um, but I, you know, I had boyfriends all through junior high, high school, and even into college. Um, those relationships, um, you know, looking back on it, they were difficult, um, complicated. It just, there was something that just didn't feel right about it. Mm-hmm. it. It just didn't feel like home. It just didn't uh, feel uh, natural uh, is a lot of, you know, the word that a lot of people use. It just didn't feel natural to me. Uh-huh. Um, I met my first girlfriend in college. Um, we, you know, we were both Christians and we talked a lot about God. We talked a lot about being gay. Was it right? Was it wrong? Uh, we didn't know. We just, mm-hmm. you know, we knew how we felt about each other. Mm-hmm. And that relationship lasted about two years wow. and uh, we broke up and uh, I moved to Texas and started a job there. And then I met my second girlfriend. And um, the first thing that we did together was go to church. Um, you know, we met through mm-hmm. mutual friends and uh, we went to church together. And so, again, that relationship, too, was uh, centered around our love for God, church. And just knowing that we were different, knowing that we were gay, mm-hmm. um, I wasn't publicly out. Uh, my family knew at that time, um, you know, I was bringing girls around, but we never <laughs> really had this long conversation of coming out. Um, there was, I did not, we didn't have Facebook back then. So right. there was no, <laughs> I didn't come out on Facebook back then, uh, but my family knew and my parents, you know, it was just something that we didn't talk about. Mm-hmm. Um but um, after that second relationship, um, I just had a, that relationship was very conflicted. Um, she didn't believe that being gay was right. Uh, she thought that it was wrong in God's eyes and that the Bible spoke against it. And so that caused our relationship. We dated for about a year and our relationship was just so conflicted because of that. And then we went through a really hard breakup. And uh, I just had a lot of questions about being gay and being Christian that I just I couldn't get past it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did a search on the Internet and I came across um, I just did a search on 
being gay, being Christian, homosexuality, ex-gay, you know, whatever that looked like. Mm -hmm. And I came across testimonies of people that were involved in a ministry called Exodus International. And this was early 2000, you know, 2001. Mm -hmm. And uh, I thought I had found it. I thought here, they have the answers uh, to these questions that I've had about being gay and being Christian my whole life. They found it. Uh, They seemingly had changed their sexuality Mm -hmm. uh, through a relationship with Jesus Christ, which I knew I already had, but I thought it was uh, fragmented or I thought there was something Mm -hmm. wrong with my relationship with God because Mm -hmm. I was gay. Mm -hmm. And I thought, uh, you know, if they can change, so can I. Um, You know, if they can change and they are living happy lives as heterosexual people, then I want that too. Yeah. Um, so I started that journey um, and it ended up being about a, about 10 year journey for me, wow. uh, ultimately 14 years mm. of trying to change my sexuality is to have first into mm. their teachings, their resources. I went to Exodus International Conferences. I met a lot of the people. Uh, we call them ex-gay rock stars back then. Um so, you know, they were there with their spouses. Yeah. They were there with their kids. Yeah. Uh, actually, North Carolina uh, wow. was actually the first Exodus conference uh, that I went to. Is there in Asheville? Oh, I'm not surprised. But I am surprised <laughs> it was in Asheville. Now, that surprises me. <laughs> it was at some, some conference, uh, mm-hmm. conference center there in Asheville. Uh, and my parents actually drove with me uh, mm-hmm. to that conference. And they were fully supportive of me trying to be straight they didn't fully understand it um but they um they were supportive of that read the resources read the books you know john and ann Falk. i remember that being the first uh book that i read uh cy rogers uh was another one uh another resource and just a, a dynamic speaker and they they just their teaching just got a hold of me mm-hmm. um i thought uh you know there are a lot of similarities in my story and mm-hmm. their stories. Um, so I, I was in counseling for many years, working on those childhood issues uh, that Exodus International taught. So with and, the counseling you went into, was that through the ex-gay ministry or a private yeah. counselor? Oh, there were several. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> um, it, yeah, it, it wasn't, they weren't affiliated with Exodus okay. International. Okay. Um, they were uh, they were Christian counselors, uh-huh. um, you know, during that time who were supporting me, trying uh-huh. to be straight, uh-huh. uh, who were encouraging, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and for those listeners who are not familiar with Exodus International, uh-huh. um, you know, their teaching was that you're something in your childhood uh, contributed to you being gay. Uh-huh. It was, you know, could have been a rejection of your own gender, um, a poor relationship with your parents or poor relationship specifically with your same sex parent um, or some kind of abuse, some kind of trauma. And those things, that was the teaching of Exodus that those things contributed to you being gay. And if you just go back and you uh, allow God to heal you and work on those issues through counseling, then you wouldn't be gay anymore. So (laughs) yes. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And you know, there for a while, um, I thought God had changed me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 
uh, I didn't really feel attractions to women. And of course, now looking back on that, I pushed them away, you know, mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. interest or whatever attraction that I had uh, through any woman, I just, I dismissed it and uh, just worked through it. Like Exodus would teach. They always, they use this phrase, uh, you white knuckle it. So it's, and that, yes. And the analogy is that you hang on to the back of the pew, you oh. white knuckle it until the attraction passes. So, um, so yeah, I uh, thought God had changed me and I uh, also thought, believed, I always knew or believed that God was leading me into some type of ministry. I always felt that in my heart. And at the time I thought he was leading me to be in ex gay ministry. Yeah. Um, so I went to seminary. Um, so I have a master's degree in, in biblical studies. And after I graduated from seminary, I got involved in ex gay ministry in the Dallas area called living hope. And I went there uh, with the intention of helping other people become straight because at the time I felt like I was straight and I thought Mm -hmm. that God had changed me. And interesting enough, it was during that time where I really started to question my own. (laughs) Yeah, there's that dog. Um, Question my own uh, change. Mm -hmm. I started to question, once I got into Living Hope, I started questioning their practices of trying to help people become straight. And I um, and also became attracted to someone uh, during that time. And, you know, the truth is that I allowed myself to feel those attractions and those feelings. And you know what? At, for the first time in 10 years, I felt alive. Uh-huh. I just, I felt alive, you know, like what am I missing out on in life? Uh, Why do I always have to push these feelings away or down or Mm -hmm. ignore them or whatever it is that I have to do? So while you were pushing them down, you never then became attracted to men. No, and I tried so hard. (laughs) I did. I tried so hard. I thought while I was in seminary, I was just going to meet this great Christian man. Uh, We were just going to click, get along and, you know, live that happy life, have some kids, Uh that white picket fence thing. And Uh I had some guy friends and it never developed anything further than that. Yeah. So that all of those things happening just sent me down another journey of like re-questioning my, the change in my life, whether that had happened or not. Uh And um, I started questioning and started doing another internet search um, at that time. Um, and I found Justin Lee's book called Torn Mm -hmm. and I started reading his book and I saw, uh, the website for gay Christian network at the time. And I still was just so skeptical. I thought, ah, who are these heathens? You know, (laughs) how can they, how can they be gay and Christian? I just don't get it. Um, but I did call the women's minister at, um, living hope. And I said, you know, I don't know what's going on with me, but I cannot come back. I just, I cannot be involved in this ministry. Mm-hmm. I have some things that I need to get figured out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it took another few years, probably three or four years, to be honest, uh, for me to actually come out. And, mm-hmm. um, 
I, you know, my acceptance of God's love for me uh, literally happened in my living room floor. It was just me and God. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, God, I am not straight. And I've been on this journey. I did this for you, you know, and there was some anger in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, uh, just, it really just rocked my world because mm-hmm. I, I knew I wasn't straight. And uh, all of the hope that I had for finding a good guy, finding, getting married and mm-hmm. proving uh, to everyone that I was straight and that God mm-hmm. had changed me and that you can change. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was all of that disappointment of, of mm-hmm. dealing with all of that. And uh, so I came out in, I think it was December 2016. And I'm telling you, it was the most freeing thing I have ever done. Mm. Um, you know, I just, I felt God just say to me in my spirit, just let this go. You know, it's, it's getting in the way of my relationship with you. Mm. And, um, because I was so focused on that thing. And, and I believed at the time that I couldn't, I was worried about my relationship with God. I mm. thought if I come out again, um, you know, what's going to happen to my relationship with God. That was a big deal with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I came out and he was still there, oh. you know, you know, my relationship yeah. and I've seen him in so many beautiful things since I came out. Mm-hmm. Um, so now here I am five years later after coming out and, uh, I just married the love of my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got married on October 4th and, uh, she too is a Christian. Uh, she was also, uh, in ministry, actually, at a church in Texas, and they were encouraging. It was a women's ministry, but they were heavily focused on encouraging uh, young ladies to be straight. Uh, mm. That you know, the, the gay lifestyle is a bad thing, and uh, here here's the pathway uh, to be straight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she was very much doing her own version of uh, like an Exodus uh, international mm-hmm. style ministry. Um, but she came out in, I believe, 2018, we met in 2019 at, uh, the Reformation Project, uh, chapter there in the Dallas area. And, uh, yeah. So, so here tell, we are. Yeah. Married. So here you are married to <laughs> two ex-gay ministers. <laughs> yeah. Right. Basically, yeah, that's um, getting story. married. That's, uh, that's beautiful. And I, I love what you said about that that God gave you the, the inclination that you trying to fight being your authentic self was getting in the relation, you know, getting in the way of the relationship with God. Not that we have to, you know, be straight to have a relationship with God. We just have to trust and we have to surrender ourselves and be who God created us to be instead of what everybody tells us we should be. Right. Um, and, and that anger, I resonated when you said you had some anger and, you know, I think that's the, the piece fear and anger were the two big things for me that stopped me from, from believing that I wouldn't go to hell if I was gay. Mm. Um, it took me 30 years to figure that out, you know, and, and it was really even after figuring out that I was going to claim my sexuality, I was still fearful you know, because that indoctrination growing up in the church and hearing it your whole life and, and having it said that way. But I, I have been 
you know, increasingly less angry throughout the years, you know, as I come closer and closer to understanding that I could be gay with God, you know, and, and that you're right. It's so freeing to just drop all the stuff that everybody else, all the baggage that everybody else gave you. So, so that journey of, of finding your forever beloved and, and Mary, and we laughed earlier people because the, the, you know, first there was the fiance, but now she's actually married because it happened right before we got, you know, right here in October. So that was beautiful. So tell me how hard that was to, to come to the place where, where you could commit yourself in marriage to a woman after this journey that you had. You know what? Um, we were just talking about this last night, Mandy and I, our relationship really has been pretty easy. Um, we started out as friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were friends for a good three months. And um, <laughs> somewhere in there, we, we both, you know, just kind of looked at each other or had that conversation that, yeah, there's, there's something more going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we held hands. And I, that was just so electric to both of us. Because oh. um, both of us um, had been single for 18 years. Wow. Both of us. Our journeys were so parallel uh, in so many ways during that 18 years. But um, so she, it helped obviously that she is a Christian and that she is a believer and that we had that foundation to build on. Um, You know, we pray together. um, We read the Bible together. Uh, She journals a lot. So she'll journal and we'll talk through things. Um, but she, uh, she was really just coming out when I met her. So the biggest challenge that we've had is, um, her coming out to her friends and her former, cause they are former now, unfortunately, mm-hmm. um, her former community that she was in ministry with because they have rejected her. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, her, her family has been just beautiful, accepting, but the friends in her life, um, have been very hurtful and uh, have just rejected her. Um, and so she lost a lot, mm-hmm. you know, on that, that side. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, I, 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 it's, it's really strange to us because our relationship really has been easy. This part of it has been easy. Mm-hmm. Now, before I met Mandy, mm-hmm. um, you know, that was harder. Mm-hmm. You know, just trying to be patient, um, you know, continuing to pray for, uh, was not praying for meeting a man anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was, the, my prayer was, you know, where is she? Mm-hmm. Um, God, you know, what is she going through? And I would pray for someone that I hadn't even met yet. Honestly, mm-hmm. I would, I would pray for, you know, what is she going through? Um, where is she? How can I pray for her? And I would just pray, um, to God you know, just, can I meet her? When, when are we, when will we meet? Um, that is so beautiful. Praying for her before you even knew her. That is so yeah, beautiful. I, well, yeah, because I did that when I was looking for a guy. Uh-huh. So I'm like, why, you know, why wouldn't I do it when I am now? I know accepting us that I'm gay. Why wouldn't I pray for mm-hmm. uh, that partner? Mm-hmm. Well, you just rock. 
I, I don't know if anybody else has ever done that. I, I did. Ha- I made a list once of everything I wanted <laughs> oh. in my um, in my married life. I just never put girl or boy, which is so funny. I made this whole list, <laughs> but it you know oh, it never spent. It was just assumed, of course, I guess, that it would have to be a boy. But I never. So I got everything yeah. on my list, and it just so happens that it was a woman. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's funny because she and I both had lists too. Oh, that's too funny. Really, it's a gay we thing, did. people. We make lists. <laughs> we, we do make lists. Uh, here's a list. And she, she checked all the boxes. Oh, wow. She did. That is so cool. Yeah. Well, so, so, you know, I, with her being in the ministry of, of, you know, trying to help women change their sexuality, I'm sure that everybody in that circle, the friends she made there and, and the people she was working uh, for and with, um, you know, we're not probably as enlightened as we would want them to be. And so, and and so then that, that leads me into the question Mm of what happened with your relationships? You know, when you, uh, I know you, you quit the ex-gay ministry, I'm assuming that you kind of got blackballed from the Mm -hmm. folks in the group and, and that your parents were trying to be supportive, but wonder how that worked out with your family and friends and the people that you were involved with. Yeah, sure. Um, yes. So once I made that phone call to the women's minister at uh, Living Hope, you know, she might have contacted me maybe one more time mm-hmm. after that. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, for ex-gay ministry and conversion therapy, it's a very controlled atmosphere anyway. Mm-hmm. We we could not know the last names of anyone we were in ministry with. We couldn't be friends on Facebook. We couldn't do anything outside of that atmosphere. It was very very controlling. Uh, if you've seen the movie Boy Erased, uh, mm-hmm. it is a that is a very good uh, depiction of conversion therapy. Okay. Um, so no, I I didn't meet or see or hear from anyone from Living Hope after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, my parents. I came out to my parents first before I came out publicly to everyone, which I did on Facebook. <laughs> Uh, which we all seem to be doing nowadays. Um, <laughs> but I, I called my parents and I said, look, um, there's something that I have to tell you and it's hard. You know, I don't want to disappoint you, mm-hmm. um, but I'm gay. Mm-hmm. I said, I, you guys know that I've been trying to change my sexuality mm-hmm. uh, for so many years and I deserve to be loved. Mm-hmm. I deserve to have relationships. I deserve to, you know, build a home and a life with someone. Mm-hmm. And my uh, mom cried mm-hmm. at the time. And we kind of ended the, the phone conversation of, you know, we just have to agree to disagree, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we didn't really talk about it for about another year. And then my mom started asking me, well, are you dating anyone? You know, and I wasn't at the time. So she was trying, you know, a little bit. But I have to tell you that I am such a believer that people can change because Mm. my mom has changed. She loves my wife. She loves my wife. My dad walked me down the aisle uh, to get married. Yes. Uh, We were married on a beach in Key West. Um, And my mom, uh, you know, I'll call her on the phone and like the first thing out of her mouth is, well, how's Mandy? Uh, you know, she wants to talk to Mandy and, nice. uh, that is just the beauty of change, you know, and working for free mom hugs, 
Mm-hmm. It, it has been a beautiful thing for me to see all of these moms and dads yes. and allies who love and accept their kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen it in my own life. Mm-hmm. And I, I see it in the work that we do on a daily basis with Sarah's story. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, they, my parents, they may not understand. <laughs> they may not understand, uh, but they lo- they know how happy I am mm-hmm. with Mandy. They see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think that, that that's one of the things people are surprised about is that, that when we become authentic, our whole vibration changes and we bring back to us the vibration that we set. So when we're, you know, having this positive, loving, authentic vibration, everybody's attracted to that. You know, when we're in pain, when we're in fear and anger, we're sending out messages that, you know, being gay, the struggle of being gay or not gay is bad for you. You know, it may look bad for us because we are so, um, wound up in all of the junk, but when we can release the junk, we attract back to us the people and the experiences and the feelings that we're feeling. And I, I just love that, that once you were able to come in to your authentic self, not only did you bring Mandy into your vibrational circle, you prayed her in is what you did. You <laughs> prayed that girl in. <laughs> and your parents you know, going through their transition of getting the right information in their mind instead of having a little bit of idea and probably pushing that away throughout the years, they were able to quit pushing and resisting and just get to accepting. Yeah. 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 Yeah, It's been, yes, it's been a beautiful, a beautiful thing to see. Yeah. I never thought I would see it. I'm being really honest about that. My mom, yeah. was not accepting. She got this scowl on her face, <laughs> you know, every time uh, we talked about it, but yeah. she, she loves it. Yeah. <laughs> I love the that. Dog agrees. The dog agrees. <laughs> the timing. <laughs> you keep speaking, Jax. <laughs> Jax sounds like a, a very old soul. Uh, well, the, so there's two. Dogs. Yeah, Clayton. And he is an old soul. Uh-huh. I can tell. I can tell that raspy yeah. part. I'm yeah. making every effort to support your mom. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> wow. What a beautiful story. That is just beautiful. Thank so you, yeah. so now that you're the exit, I can't say that word. Ex- <laughs> it's Monday. <laughs> it is Monday. We talked about that too. Um, executive director. I'm getting the two X's mess- messed up. But uh, so you're doing that. And are you still involved with the Reformation Project? You know, I am uh, because of COVID, they haven't mm-hmm. had a whole lot going on. And um, I don't live in the Dallas area anymore. I'm now in mm-hmm. Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I'm not involved in the chapter. Uh, but they have a conference coming up um, at the end of October that I'm going to. Uh, so it'll be really good to reconnect uh, with a lot of people. Yeah. Can you speak a little friends. bit more about that? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, it's so this will be my fourth or fifth um, Reformation Project uh, conferences. And um, the Reformation Project is an organization. Uh, their mission is to... Um, Oh, create conversations around um, 
LGBTQ in the church. Uh, they want to advance the conversations, advance equality in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, the executive director and founder is Matthew Vines, and he wrote the book God and the Gay Christian. Okay. And um, they're very heavily focused. That's why I, I love the organization so much on on God, the Bible, and the church. They have a very strong love and foundation for um, keeping their mission focused um, on that. And uh, Kathy Baldock, I don't know if you've heard of her, but mm-hmm. she, I believe her book's called Walking the Bridges Canyon. Uh, she it has done so much work for the LGBTQ community. Uh, she'll be speaking there. Um, I believe Jen Hatmaker uh, is another oh. keynote speaker. I know her. Um, this year and they they do have an online you you can uh, register and be uh, an online participant if you can't make it out to phoenix okay wonderful so. yeah um jen is on my facebook list oh yeah on facebook yes very cool yeah very cool yeah uh, it's such a yeah. small world isn't it <laughs> it is yeah i jen i followed her story um for several years before she came out as affirming and then of course her daughter came out um oh. this is past year mm-hmm. so wow well that you know i think that so many things are changing and even though i don't think every church will ever become affirming um or understand it but i think there are so many more i mean you know than when i was growing up there i know oh, yeah. churches <laughs> back, right. back in the day well, that would ever say right. it was okay yeah. No, th- this wasn't something that you could even talk about. Mm-hmm. I could not talk to anyone about it. There was so much shame, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and in those days, I always hate to say back in those days, <laughs> but it's true. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> back in those days. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, this was the abomination. Oh, yeah. I remember hearing mm-hmm. the sermons on homosexuality. Mm-hmm. This is an abomination. It's the worst sin. Um, yeah, I remember having to overcome come those sermons. Yeah, yeah, and it's so sad what that does to us as children. You know, it shapes yeah. our whole entire life. And then when you finally, if you finally, and that's why the Gay with God podcast was was something I just felt called to do because there are still Christians to this day, and how many of us back in the day were suicidal and yeah. never completed an attempt but many people did and some people still do. And it's yeah. just so much pressure uh, and so much fear around what's going to happen if you stay in this gay lifestyle, lifestyle, instead of, <laughs> it's like, it's not like I'm trying on a new pair of pants, people. It's not like a lifestyle <laughs> choice. <laughs> right. There was nothing I could do about it. Um, and it just took forever. And there was so much pain involved. And, and so that's why I felt so led to do the Gay With God podcast and, and why I'm writing my book, because I just don't want people to continue to believe they have that, that they have to make that choice. You know, right. are you going to be, you know, gay with God? Or are you going to, you know, end your life? And I just can't bear mm-hmm. it. You know, I just can't bear right. it. And, and so, so that's, you know, that's why I wanted to do it because I didn't have any other, there were no mom huggers. There were no mm-hmm. affirming churches. You know, there was no one in my inner circle that was even gay that I knew of. And so I had nothing to bounce it off on, you know? Right. Um, 
Yeah. I mean, we've had to overcome decades, Mm -hmm. decades of misinformation Mm -hmm. about what being gay is. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, we were, it's like we were set up for sure in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, I, I too had those thoughts of uh, Mm -hmm. suicide. I mean, I could just not see, I could not have imagined the life that I have now with Mandy. Yeah. Um, as a married woman. Yeah. I couldn't, I could not have imagined that in 1986, you know? Um, and I, I would argue that every person who has an idea that they might be gay has this thought, I don't want to be gay. Mm. I I would argue it maybe now it's a little bit better, but for sure back in the eighties, I for sure did not want to be gay. And even when I was trying to change my sexuality, I just, I did not want to be gay. I didn't, society is hard. My relationship with God was hard, just relationships in general. And it's, Um, and it's dangerous. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you walk down the wrong street holding hands or God forbid that you kiss and get caught. I mean, it's dangerous. Yes. Sue and I were actually going to, um, after graduate school is where I met her and we were going um, we decided we were going to go live in Wyoming. I love, I love mountains. I love rugged terrain. I, I love all of that. And I love distance. I like to be away. <laughs> I don't need too many close neighbors. And uh, so we decided we were going to go live in Wyoming. And we took a trip specifically to go to Laramie, Wyoming, uh, because that seemed like, you know, it was supposed to be a college town. And yeah. so there would be some kind of maybe, you know, culture there. Um, and we drove through this little um, neighborhood in Laramie. We never did find the college, but we drove through this and there was like, it was so desolate. I mean, there was like one beautiful tree and I took a picture of it. <laughs> <laughs> and then we both looked at each other and we're like, well, maybe we do need a little bit more of us. So I don't know what it really, what the college channel looks like, but it was right after that, that Matthew Shepard was murdered. Oh, wow. And so we had just come home from the trip and then we learned that Matthew Shepard had been murdered. And it was like, okay, not Laramie. <laughs> That's probably not our best bet. But, you know, now we're, we're in 2021 and you know, our trans brothers and sisters are still being yes. murdered just for being trans. And legislation yes. is still so tenuous when it comes to our our basic rights and our healthcare rights and equality. So we've come a very, very long way, but that's mm-hmm. why I said, you know, we're not done yet. We have so much right. more to accomplish. And my biggest pet peeve is that one, that our rights don't seem to be solid in stone. It, it, it sways like a, you know, a weeping willow with each administration that gets voted into office. Oh, we're going to give true. you our rights. Here's the pen that says so. No, we're going to take a pen and give your rights away. And that yeah. just drives me crazy. So uh, we're, we're yes. far from done. We are. <clears throat> There's still a lot of work to be yeah. done. Yes, I agree with yes. you. A lot has changed in yes. 30 years. Yes. Um, yes. But yes, in, in the church. Um, what's really hard for Mandy and I right now is, you know, we've been involved in some type of ministry for 15, 20 years Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, she worked for a church, Mm -hmm. so she cannot, uh, get a job working for a church right now because she's Mm -hmm. gay. She's openly gay. Um, and yes, there are churches out there that are affirming and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, they, they do have some jobs, but 
it's like, where do we do ministry? Where do we Mm -hmm. share the God given gifts for the Mm -hmm. church and for ministry? Mm -hmm. Uh, Where do we share those? Because that that's where the church, they dismiss us because we're gay. And and yet we have God given skills and talents and purpose. Yeah. Um, yeah, what this past year when I was trying to get myself, because I, I still was very spiritual and I still craved that relationship with God, but I couldn't use the word God because mm-hmm. it came with that loaded abomination going to hell attached to it. And yeah. um, so I'd say creator of all that is. And it was it was my mission because <laughs> I'm creative that way, you see. <laughs> And, uh, and so the, the whole point of, of this last year, I guess, for me was, was being able to do my connection back to God, to be able to say the word, you know, and, um, some people said that, you know, the gay with God podcast title is a little, you know, put offish for some people because it has the word God and it's so specific. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, that was for me <laughs> you know, because I was finally yeah. able to say gay with God. And it's the only thing that resonated with me in order to do that podcast. But, um, um, but I understand it's the God of, of everybody's understanding because it doesn't matter where you live or what faith you're a part of. If you're gay, there's probably that same stigma that goes around that you can't be gay with the God of your understanding because it's all yeah. supposed to be bad. Um, so when I went on that journey, um, several of my friends kept saying, well, um, you know, we, I, I was going to start an LGBTQ meetup group here in Asheboro, North Carolina, the reddest place you can possibly be. And, um, <laughs> and I, I'm like, well, we need free space because I don't, you know, I'm not paying for a space. And they said, well, why don't you come over to the Episcopal church? You know, we have a, you know, we have meeting rooms and, and I'm like, you want me to bring a bunch of gay people to an Episcopal <laughs> church? I said, how do you think I'm going to sell that? You know, and they're like, no, no, it's very affirming. I said, the Episcopal church is affirming. I said, does that mean they're going to pray for us while we're there? Or, no, 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 no. You need to meet yeah. Father Joe and he's so accepting. And he, and I said, and I really didn't believe it, but they were absolutely right that the Episcopal Church, even here in Little Ashboro, I mean, yeah. it is very not just affirming. They're just not affirming me. I mean, it's it's expected that I am just as, you know, I'm going to heaven just like everybody else. And that my sexuality has nothing to do you know, with my relationship with God, unless I allow it to, or, you know, it's, it's just very affirming. The thing is though, that you could find a church that's affirming to do ministry, but wouldn't it be even cooler to find a church that would, you know, (laughs) supposedly that would allow us to come in and tell the truth about what's going on and have open dialogues with people who need it in the churches where they're being, you know, shoved down and, yes, and taught the wrong thing. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. One day. Yeah. One day. uh, One day. (laughs) It may be 50 years down the road. Um, I hope not. Yeah. Um, But yes, that's, that's the hope. You can start your own churches. Just start your own church, girl. You'll start my own church. Hmm. Hmm. If there ain't one, build one. (laughs) (laughs) We'll do a fundraiser. (laughs) That's, That's an idea. But, you know, I mean, I think that, um, you know, the uh, Brandy Lynn, um, a lady down in Mississippi, you know, they started a church down in Mississippi and, um, you know, it's not been easy, but, you know, it's something that was very powerful for them. And I can't remember the movie, but they did a documentary about the, 
the work they were doing down in Mississippi. And it's just, you know, it was beautiful. They were the, the first gay interracial couple was when it became legal. They, she performed the first gay interracial couple marriage right there on the steps wow. of the courthouse. <laughs> I know. Wow. I know. Pretty rocking. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so there, there are possibilities. Absolutely. And if, if we don't see it where we are, you know, we may be called to create it. Right. So I believe in you too. <laughs> I, I think you've got a lot of power behind you. And, um, and if it's meant to be, you absolutely, you know, can do it. Yeah. So, so what else is on your heart to share with the folks before I ask my final question? I think a lot about people who are struggling mm-hmm. with their faith and their sexuality mm-hmm. and just that journey. And I, I just want to encourage you to keep going. Um, dreams do come true. They do. And I am evidence of that in my relationship mm-hmm. with Mandy. Um, I, I really never thought, you know, five years ago, post trying to be straight. Mm-hmm. I, I just thought I was going to be single the rest of my life. You know, they, there was a lot of talk about celibacy or like, this is the thorn in your side. Being gay is the thorn in your side. It's just something that you have to live with for the rest of your life. Mm. And um, yeah, meeting Mandy mm-hmm. um, was just, she's an answer to a prayer, mm-hmm. um, most definitely. And I just want to encourage people, um, you know, you're beautiful being gay. Mm-hmm. Um, God loves you. And um, there's nothing wrong with you is what I would want to say to anyone who Mm -hmm. is struggling with their faith and sexuality or um, they're worried about losing their family or disappointing their family, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, or maybe they're on the verge of coming out. Mm -hmm. Um, I know it's hard. I think every gay person would tell you, yes, Mm -hmm. it's the most anxiety (laughs) real thing that you'll ever do, but it is the most freeing thing you may ever do. Yes. And you never know what's on the other side of that for you, Mm -hmm. like true love and marriage and a family. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I just I just want to encourage anyone who's listening. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, there are good things ahead. Yeah. 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 There's right? be, yes, there are good things ahead. Absolutely. And, and the final question that I always ask people and, and you intuitively knew it um, is what is one <laughs> thing you would share with someone that's struggling that you wish you had, had been told. And, you know, mm-hmm. if we had been told that, is there anything else that you would add to that? Like, what is something that would have helped you through the struggle? You know, I love all that you just said about God loves us and there are great things that are happening, but what do you think would have helped you to to get through it just I think is believing that God loved me and Mm. that I could have a relationship with him that that was not going to go away that Mm -hmm. being gay doesn't keep me from having a relationship with God yes um and then you know everybody goes through their own anger and the frustration and disappointment and all of that and it's really people Mm. that we get angry at right it's their Mm -hmm. interpretation of the bible i mean that's what we were taught you know back in the 80s um we the sermons and you know what preachers were telling us back then um so i yeah i just uh god loves you you know you're 
you're beautiful. Um, find some people who love you and accept you and who will go on this journey with you. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And now you have your, your forever Mandy to go on the rest of your journey with you. Forever Mandy. I like that. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> Carrie, thank you so much for honoring us with your story. You are a light yeah. to the world and you continue to serve and be a part of a, a very positive, energetic field that will definitely heal people. And I really appreciate you sharing that with us. Well, thank you so much for having me. I enjoyed being here. I enjoyed it too. And I want to thank our listeners for coming back each week, supporting, sharing, and subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to see more information and links to connect with Mandy, with Mandy, <laughs> well, maybe with Mandy too. <laughs> now I've got forever Mandy on my head. <laughs> yeah. With Carrie That's and funny. Mandy. There you go. <laughs> go to the Gay With God show page at empoweredmidge.podbean.com. If you are questioning whether you can be gay and be in a relationship with God. If you are authentically gay, God has always been within you. Even when you didn't know it, you have always been gay with the God of your understanding. Thank you, everybody. See you next week. Stay tuned and I'll tell you how you can join the Gay With God community and check out our Facebook group called, of course, Gay With God. See you next week. I want to invite you to become a part of the Gay With God community. How can you do that? Stay connected by messaging me your thoughts and comments in the comment section under the downloads of the show on the Gay With God show page. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen and share, share, share so we can increase our community outreach and be a light to those who are struggling to claim their faith. Consider being a sponsor so I can highlight your service in our community. We are all worthy of respect and a relationship with the God of our understanding. I want to thank you in advance for supporting this podcast. Together, we as a community will keep this show visible and our community stronger. Deep gratitude to my friend Tim McClendon of Tim McClendon Music for allowing me to use an excerpt from Interlude 4, a song found on his CD entitled Sundance.